0: Especially our servicemen when they're out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through or the uh, walk up window at Strange Brew here in Starkville or over there in Brupolo in Tupelo. And it would be kind of weird if Brupolo was in Macon. Let's we'll we'll go with, we'll keep it simple today. Ocachita. Okay, Again, that would be weird. Brugachita. No, that would not be weird. Uh, anyway. Whatever kind of coffee machine you've got sitting on the counter right now, you can have Strange Brew Coffee every morning, no matter what city in our state you live in. All you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and uh, order whatever it is. If you've got a K-cup machine, you've got a Keurig, they've got you taken care of. I saw our friend Bart Gregory ordered some K-cups just the other day. They're flying off the shelves, folks. If, if, if Bart Gregory's endorsement isn't enough, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I we,
1: we could see we could see t- uh, a Strange Brew come to Nantawoya.
0: Yeah. It could happen. so there you I, go.
1: I could see, I see Bart making that happen.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place you'll find maroon and white merchandise, the biggest and best selection of it in all of central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com and pick up the new mer- merchandise you need to have before you head to Duty Noble this spring. Humble Taco, looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Should be great weather on Saturday and Sunday. That's going to be a great time to head out to Humble Taco. Enjoy a little – it's still faux spring, I think. It's still not really spring. But if the temperatures are cool and the sun is shining, head over to Humble Taco, grab a margarita, grab some chips and salsa, and grab a couple of delicious tacos that you can't get anywhere else only at Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. If you're looking for an easy solution for lunch today, it's also a good one. Man, Firehouse Subs is probably the way to go. Just order online with the app and just walk in, pick up your order, and walk out. We know that lunch is, you know, a time where you don't have a whole lot of time. Firehouse Subs makes it quick and easy for you, and you pile up the reward points every time you place an order with your Firehouse Subs app. Locations in Starville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, Madison and Flowood. That's Firehouse Subs. We're not going to do this. We will put basketball on the back burner. Where it belongs, I might add. Thank you. Thank we're gonna, you. It's okay. We are going to start <laughs> with some baseball. First off, don't forget, today on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, we're live at Diddy Noble Field. Robbie Falk will be joining us to talk a little baseball. Kyle Peterson, not live with us at Diddy Noble, but he'll be joining us as well. Uh, along with uh, – we, we expect Coach Lonis and Coach Foxhall to join us, and we are hopeful that Landon Sims and Logan Tanner will join us as well. Uh, and we may have a couple other surprises uh, for you as well. So don't forget, 3 o'clock today from Duny Noble Field, Sports Talk Mississippi. Robbie, tomorrow we'll really look in-depth in this series. Uh, we should have state's pitching rotation by the time we record uh, tomorrow. So let's talk about big-picture stuff. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some questions out. We're going to do some, you know, maybe not over-unders, but I just want to get your thoughts, your projections here as we go. So let's just start right here at the top. When the 2022 season comes to an end, Mississippi State's leading hitter by batting average will be.
1: Oh, why didn't you tell me this beforehand so I could be thinking of this? I
0: want, I want, I want raw. <laughs> uh, it's just such uh, good
1: stuff, Robbie. Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh, I thought you were about to. Oh, okay. No, no, that. no, no, no. Um, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to say uh, Luke Hancock. Okay, but. You know, one thing that struck me when we were talking at Media Day the other day, Logan Tanner talked about he wanted to put more emphasis on his batting average this year. He did? And he he batted, what, 287 last year? Is uh, that right? Logan Tanner finished the year at – nailed it, 287. Okay, so that's not terrible in today's game. I mean, no. the batting averages are, are, are a lot lower than what they have been. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was it was really interesting. You know, late last year – we all thought there might not be a person on the team that you would want at the plate other than Luke Hancock in a big moment. Yeah. He at 262. And it was after the season, I remember looking at that because I, I had not looked at his batting average in a while, and we were reflecting on the season on our show, and I was just praising Luke Hancock, and I went and looked at his batting average. He's batting 262. Mm-hmm. And he was so much better than that. But this year, I think that you could see him hit for average this year but I think Logan Tanner is going to make a jump too. And he was third on the team last year in batting average behind Tanner and Rowdy. So that, that would be a natural fit there for the guy that could, that could hit with a much better average. I think Cameron James is going to make a big jump average-wise. He hit 264 last year, which isn't great. But, you know, I, I think this entire lineup should be hitting better this season. I mean, the only guy that you could count on – was going to get a hit more often than not was Tanner Allen. Mm. And you, you saw big hits up and down this lineup for this, for this offense, but they never really got into a groove until late in the season, it seemed like. And the, the team batted 278 as a team, which isn't great, but this team, I think, can be a much better hitting team as a whole. And I, I think you want to see you, – you don't want to just see those home, home run numbers jump. You want to see that batting average – jump and you want to see the strikeouts go down the walks go up you want to see much better plate discipline and I think that's what this team has the ability to do and you know yeah Luke Hancock seems like a guy that can make that big jump
0: but I I wouldn't count out Logan Tanner either Hancock the, the, the impressive stat for him 47 walks led the team only 17 strikeouts that's the fewest of anybody uh with more than 100 at bats on the team uh by by a large margin I mean Tanner Leggett only had eighty-one at bats. Let's see here: Lane Forsythe, fifty-six strikeouts and one hundred eighty-six at bats. Josh Asher, thirty-one. Even Tanner Allen had thirty-five. Rowdy Jordan had forty-three. L- Logan Tanner, forty-eight. Only seventeen strikeouts. He just put the ball in play uh, consistently. Did Luke Hancock? That's a good choice. I'm going to go with uh, with Cameron James, though. I feel like I feel like he is about to take off. I feel like he's about to have a really monster season. I th- you know, the, the, he he has the athleticism. He has the look of a big-time college baseball player. I think everything's going to click for him this year. I expect him to be well over 300 uh, at season's end. What about home runs? Who do you have leading the Diamond Dogs uh, in, in taters, as they say?
1: I think Logan Tanner's going to be my choice there. Mm-hmm. I think I think he and Cameron James are going to have monster seasons. And uh, Tanner had 15 last year, which led the team. I, I expect him to lead the team again this year, but – not counting out Cam James, not counting out Kellum Clark. I think that's going to be your big three. And then you have the other guys that can really step in and and hit for power too. This lineup is going to be a pretty powerful lineup, I think. Lane Forsythe, probably not going to hit any home runs. If he does, not many. But outside of that, you're going to have a lot of power in this lineup. I don't think the center field position is going to – be as powerful if it's Jess Davis and Braylon Skinner. But you're going to have six guys at least, I think, on a daily basis that is going to be a major threat to hit the deep ball. (coughs) And um, I I I really feel like Logan Tanner is going to be the guy to carry it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. Logan Tanner, 15 home runs a year ago. He could easily be around 18 or though this year. I will say this, and you mentioned Kellum Clark. That's sort of the wild card here for me. Kellum Clark if everything sort of clicks for him if he brings it all together brings all his talent together he could hit 20 plus um but i just think you know it's the second year it feels like i'll, I'll be a little more realistic and say he'll be in the the i gave him a, what i gave him a wide range of thing like 12 to 18 something yeah. like something along those No lines. you I, said you like you said like 15 to 22 or something did i okay yeah i had a wide range you had him over 20 well i i I, I think he can get over 20, but I'm going to play it safe here and go, go Logan Tanner uh, for this one. I think,
1: his, I think his junior year is when he's really going to – it's going to click for him.
0: Right. Yeah, so, I, know, I definitely agree with that. Because at that uh, point he's a position player as well and you know just have that, that natural feel of being out there every day. Yeah. And
1: I, I still think – I could see him starting off slow this year. He hasn't – he wasn't great in the summer. He hadn't been hitting it well in the fall or the spring. So I could see him starting real slow this year. But the more at-bats that you see, it's just natural in anything. The more that you experience, the better you're going to be at it. I think he's he, he was kind of like a baby deer last year. Like, yeah. he, he just didn't have his feet set. He, he just wasn't – he showed glimpses of brilliance. And you heard it from everybody that called Mississippi State games – um you heard it from them just how different he looks swinging the bat and i think that you, you saw that but you also saw some opportunities to improve and that's probably what you're going to see again this year next year he has a chance to be a monster but i wouldn't rule it out this year either i mean he's got all the potential to for it to really click and for him to take
0: off i agree percent. let's go over to the mound you know, wins is such a silly thing to me. So yeah, those don't matter that much to me. They, they really don't matter. What what's the, what you know? I, I think we said yesterday or the other day that we thought the rotation was going to be Sims, Kate Smith, Jackson Fristo. Are you still leaning towards that for for this weekend? Yeah,
1: I haven't heard anything different. I, th- I think that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But you know who who knows? He could uh, Lamonis could scratch it, or uh, Foxhall, I think makes those decisions, but mm-hmm. he could scratch it before the game. Just depending on what he sees in a bullpen or something like that. But that that makes the most sense at this point in time
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to do, you know, Sims, Smith, Fristo in that order.
0: When you look at, at Landon Sims and, and everything he was able to he's able to do as a closer, you know, if he's able to bring that to Mississippi State as a starter, I mean, you're you're you really got something going there. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I probably shouldn't here. But we're going to look at Ethan Small's last year at Mississippi State, in the 2019 season, ten and two on the year. Uh, it ER... a top, really it's kind of a top five season for Mississippi State pitcher. all time. Ten and yeah. two, one point nine three ERA, uh, struck out. Uh, let's see here, where is it? Where is it? Is that it? No, that's that scores. Oh, for God's sakes, why are? He struck out 176 and walked. There we 32. go. They had the batting stats up there. Like, what am I looking at? 176 to, to, to 32. He only gave up 23 earned runs on the season. Only gave up 61. That's that's probably the you know most recent dominant season. And I mean, like you said, probably in the last 10 years that 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 and Stratton in 2012 are your are your benchmarks. Would are he, you he's one of the that, great left-handed pitchers in Mississippi State. Agree. Not, not the same because, you know, right-hander. They're different pitchers. They're different approaches. But can Landon Sims have a season comparable to that? Because if he does, I feel pretty confident in my prediction of where State's going to end the season. It's tough to predict that because we haven't seen him in this position. I mean,
1: he's, I think he's capable of that. He had 100 strikeouts last year out of the bullpen, which, is, I mean, comparable to to small, what he was able to do as a closer was actually probably – Greater than what Small did because you know he had a 1-4 under an average, and most of those runs came in a in the a game that really didn't matter. But he struck out almost uh, two guys per inning mm-hmm. and 15 walks. I mean, he just he doesn't walk people. But this is a totally different situation. I mean, you you're you're going from coming out of the bullpen being juiced up for one in- inning. Uh, to get three batters out, to having to pace yourself. And, and, you know, starters prepare much differently. You don't know when you're coming into a ball game as a closer or out of the bullpen. You don't know if you're going to pitch that day. There there weren't many games where Landon Sims knew for a fact he was going to pitch. One of those was the national championship game. He knew he was going to pitch in that game. He knew he was going to pitch um, uh, against Vanderbilt uh, in the national title at some point. But – as a starter, you're preparing all week for that one ball game. You're preparing all day for that one game. You have to pace yourself. You come out on the mound in a much different um, atmosphere. You're not jogging out of the bullpen and and, pre- and really kind of working yourself up. So, I think he's capable of doing it. We've he's done it before. He knows what it takes to be a starter. But this is much differently. You just spend a whole season being that shut down closer in the SEC and now you have to completely flip and be uh, a starting pitcher so we'll see what happens I think he's he's perfectly capable of being one of the better pitchers nationally but um, you know I think it 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 could take some time for that to really start to come together Uh, if he comes out against Long Beach State in weekend one and goes five innings gives up two hits and a run or something strikes out Six or seven guys, I, you got to feel really good about Landon Sims on a Friday night. Who replaces him in the back end? Who
0: leads MSU in saves this year?
1: Man, I, I still have not been able to pin this down. I, I don't know what they're going to do here. Mikey Tepper makes sense. Um, you know, Stone Simmons makes sense back there. I really feel like Preston Johnson's going to be a long relief guy or first guy out of the bullpen, maybe on a Friday night or something like that. But those are, those are kind of guys that really make sense. I mean, uh, Andrew Walling has the stuff to come in and do that, but you know, like Tepper really, really feels to me like a guy fit for that closing role. Mm-hmm. And you know, if he's healthy, he's able to handle it mentally. He could be the guy, but uh, Right now, I just – I can't really – that's one of the spots I can't pin down who that's going to be. And th- this might be – this weekend might be a chance to start filling it out. Is Parker Stanett a closer? Mm-hmm. Uh, is Stone Simmons your guy because he closed a game <sighs> or two last year?
0: I see, I see Simmons as a midweek and a, mid, a long relief guy. I, I don't see him as the closer. That's just me, though.
1: Well, I don't know about long relief. I, he didn't do that a whole lot last year. Mm-hmm. He was kind of you know it, he came in in some in some heavy spots he never he threw over three innings one time, um and he had a couple of saves last year, so he's capable of saving a ball game. He pitched really well against texas a and m to close out a game um and, and closed it out against Southern miss as well so i mean he's capable of doing it i just, th- this is this is, these early games are when you're going to start filling out your roles. Because, you know, last year you felt like you had your roles after the first couple of weekends. I think this year might take some time to figure out where guys fit best.
0: Let's see. Let's see. This team plays 56 games. Give me their record and their SEC record, 30 SEC games.
1: Uh, Let's see. I think they can get to 40.
0: Okay, so 40 and 16. 40 and 16. Mm-hmm.
1: and let's say they win 19 SEC games. So 19-11. So is that yeah. good enough
0: to win the West, in your opinion?
1: It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it is. I think 21 is going to win the West. I think Ole Miss has probably the best chance to win the West just based on their schedule. Ooh, that's Robbie Falk saying those things now. That's going to be okay. tough to hear, but I'm just – I look at their schedule and it's,
0: they, it's they much easier Vanderbilt than Vanderbilt or Florida. That, that helps them a ton. Do they play Tennessee? No. They play uh, – hold on. They, they, they either don't play Tennessee or Georgia. I'm, it's one of the two, the, the two. So, when I look at
1: state schedule, they have – they have to play Florida. They do play Tennessee. Okay. So they don't play state, Georgia. State plays three of the best teams in the East. Mm-hmm. They play Florida, they play Tennessee, and they play Georgia. And Georgia is probably one of the most veteran teams in the league this year. Um, and that's, that's going to be tough. You go to Arkansas, you go to Ole Miss. If they win 19 games, that, that is a very good run for this team in the regular season. You've, you've set yourself up well for postseason. And I think your national seed probably if you get to that too. Because I just – I feel like the schedule is going to be very daunting for State uh, to try to navigate like it is every year. I mean, the, the West – you play all the West teams, obviously. But the, the East setup is, is tough. And, I mean, you get Missouri, that's good, um, which last year they lost that series. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just it's – a, it's a really tough – it's a really difficult schedule. You have Texas Tech. That two-lane series is going to be tough on the road. Mm-hmm. And then you have Long Beach. I mean, this is this is not for the faint of heart for Mississippi State, but I feel like they have the pieces to to navigate it like they did last
0: year. I'm going to go a, a little better in the so I, I, 40 and, and and 16 would mean five losses in the non conference. Yeah, has, has tended to be a little better in non conference. You know, he, he's only his first year. He only lost one and then last year uh, i have to go back and look he did not lose very many so i'm going to say 42 and 14 and then i'll say 20 and would so be four i may not be changing it too much but i'm going to say 20 and 10 in the conference which I, I i will be i i don't know if it'll win the west but it would be really really close you're you're not more than a game out of first probably at that point that's where i'm going to have him. Ho- hosting National seed as a super regional potential host. I say they get back to Omaha. I don't know if they'll repeat. I can't make that prediction. But they, they, the season ends for Mississippi State back in Omaha. They lost three non-conference games in the regular season yeah. last year. Yeah, they just they just don't lose a ton of those. And that is that is the key, Robbie, and you know this. That is the key to hosting. That If you lose 12, 13 SEC games, it doesn't matter if you only lose three or four non-conference games. Yeah. That's the key. And well so, – the, the, the big
1: ones are going to be Long Beach and Tulane. And then you play Southern Miss in a midweek. You've done pretty well against them uh, in Pearl. Um, but that, that's really going to be the key is the, uh, the Tulane series and the Long Beach State series. Yeah. I really feel like that, that's, that's going to be the tough ones. And I then agree. Well, you have Texas Tech too. I mean,
0: you play two games against Texas Tech. That's, so, a, that's eight games where if you're six and two, seven and, or five and three, you're fine. You're yeah. fine. If you lose one game to each one of those teams, you're fine. You know, but if you lose a series in there or if you get swept by Texas Tech, it, it could hurt you a little bit. And, and when we say hurt you a little bit, it, it, I mean, legit, legitimately could be the difference between being the eight seed and being the nine seed down the road. But, and that's big, man. Just, just a tweak of one
1: spot. Mm -hmm. could be huge matchups are everything yeah and uh, you know i've i felt like it's i felt like state was probably getting notre dame at the at the wrong time last year but playing a team that plays most of its season on turf was huge Mm -hmm. i I feel like that played a
0: factor in the series i agree i agree 100 percent. so we both we both like the dogs should be a great baseball season uh, we will get in-depth tomorrow and look at Long Beach State a, a little bit closer. And, and like I said, hopefully that rotation will be announced by then. Uh, hopefully, you know, I've talked to Chris Lamonis and Scott Fox all by the time we record tomorrow. So I have some good information to, to pass along uh, about this upcoming baseball season. Let's move. Well, you know, I know you don't want to. I know, guys. I but we're going to move on into the rest of the show. Nah. It's, brought our, it's brought to you by our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Beef is what's for dinner. Whenever you're putting beef into the grocery cart, not only are you preparing a delicious and nutritious meal for your family, but you're helping out 15,000 of our fellow Mississippians who are our beef producers here in the Magnolia State. Steaks, burgers, roast, brisket, tri-tip. I mean, whatever you're looking to cook, there's a cut of beef for you. Get to know your butchers. Get to know your meat market guys. They'll take care of you with the best cuts and grab some beef today. Beef is what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Our good friends over at Two Brothers Smoked Meats, they should be seeing me today. I am hopeful that Richard Cross will arrive in a timely and punctual fashion. Fact, fashion. Fashion. He knows a lot about fashion. And we will go to Two Brothers and eat lunch, and it will be delicious. But if they can't make it, well, I'll just have to go some other time, and I don't have a problem doing that as well. Two Brothers is the home of Smoked Southern Soul Food. It is my favorite place to grab barbecue, but it's not just barbecue. When we're talking about two brothers, there's a lot more on that menu than just that. Check them out next time you're in Starville. This weekend, when you're up here for baseball, you know you're headed to Brothers. They don't make it any easier than the game plan they give you at Advantage Business Systems. Great products, great service. When the products speak for themselves, when they have everything you're looking for and under one roof, that's always a good thing. And then when the service is the kind of service you're getting, when you're talking about dealing with your next-door neighbors, when you're dealing with your friends and family, Again, that's a great thing. And that's what you get at Advantage Business Systems, a wide selection, everything your business needs. And then when the sale is made, it's not the 1-800 number, it's the 601 number. It's not our call center, it's our secretary. It's me, it's the sales rep. Not me personally, I don't work for Advantage Business Systems, but if I did, I would give you that kind of service. So why don't you call them today and let them take care of you. Number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I know, right? Stop me if you've heard this one before. Mississippi State able to grab a second half lead, and then Mississippi State unable to hold on to a second half lead. Robbie, at one point in the second half, State's up uh, 66 64. They're shooting twenty three of fifty six from the field. They finished the game twenty six of seventy two from the field. Forget that they were up. They were
1: up six. They were up by seven points. They're up sixty four to fifty seven. they uh, they got one more basket, yeah, they went zero for eleven during I, they that they stretch. Missed eleven straight seven. shots. Zero for seven from three point range. Cam Matthews was firing up threes. And they weren't going in. Spoiler.
0: <laughs> they were not.
1: It was – that stretch was awful. Seven minutes, they didn't score um, another – well, they scored one field goal during that seven-minute stretch. Mm-hmm. 18-2 run by Alabama. It's just we, – we've seen this. I, we, we were talking about it in a group message. When the game got to like two points, I said State was going to lose by 10. They ended up losing by five. But they got some, they got some uh, free throws down the stretch to make that a little bit closer. We've seen this. We've seen this every week. This is the same recurring TV show. They're showing it on reruns. We're not getting a new show every week. We're getting the same thing over and over again. And it's just it's so exhausting. It's so exhausting to watch. Um, but this is Mississippi State at this point. This is what they're going to be. You can't expect anything else. If you expect anything else, you're expecting a miracle to happen, or something that that doesn't happen for Mississippi State because this is who they are at this point, and they and their NCAA tournament hopes are done. Uh, they're gonna have to win the SEC probably to, to, to get the, to the NCAA tournament. tournament. That's a, let's, Ben Howland said earlier, like they need a big crowd on on Saturday to on Friday. Friday to 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 uh, keep their chances alive. No,
0: th- it's over. Well. here's let's let's, first off like you mentioned state goes up seven in the second half but ends up losing by 580 to 75 there's a baseball game being played friday 10 feet from the hump it starts at two the basketball game starts at six and i'm willing to tell you that i think less than half of the crowd will make the 10 foot walk to the hump they will go to dinner they will go back to the hotel rooms they'll go home whatever it is they're doing but they're not going to watch basketball people are going to tap out they're done at this i
1: mean point. what what are you setting yourself up for if you go to a basketball game at this
0: point i mean unless you just really I mean, enjoy basketball and i mean missouri is not a good team it's not going to be a good game no yeah. they're,
1: that's not a that's not, it's a not good team not going to be aesthetically
0: team. pleasing is that, is that what you're trying to say no <laughs> I mean, i'm
1: just saying i'm just saying like you know that this isn't a game that's really going to right to attract a lot of people, Missouri versus Mississippi State. I mean, it's just.
0: So, for State, uh, down to 14 and 11 on the season. Uh, Their next four games are Missouri at Missouri at South Carolina Vanderbilt. All of these teams are, I think, still sub-90 in the net, which means no chance to do – basically, State has one game left where they could do anything for their resume, and that's be beating Auburn at home which seems highly unlikely. This is an an interesting game in that Molinar really didn't get going until midway through the second half, and yet State stayed in the game, had a good night offensively from D.J. Jeffries. Not a great shooting night, but he did have 15 points. Uh, Brooks, only eight points for him. Tolo Smith was in foul trouble the whole game, only four points for him. They got a little more off the bench, though. Uh, Shaquille Moore, not a great shooting night, and that's sort of a theme here. But he got three points. Cam Matthews, four points. Garcia had a couple of big buckets there. When, the, when State was going up, uh, played without Rocket Rot- Watts. Uh, and then Cam Carter, 15 points for him in his first start. I believe that's his first start of the season. Uh, but he replaced Rocket Watts, who was, uh, who was injured. Had a really good game for Mississippi State. Yeah, this State, this, know, is, this, is, this is what I want to say from State moving forward. Just <laughs> I let, like let, Carter let the, at
1: the one with Molinar at yes. the two. I, I feel like that's the way to go. And just, then, just let him get out there and let
0: him get his feet wet. You need a true point guard on the floor. Three three-pointers. State had six three-pointers in this game. We've been talking about that, and it was almost enough tonight. State shot the ball well from the free-throw line, but they couldn't make any shots inside the arc uh, go, or outside the arc in those final moments. And I mean, that's what happened against Tennessee. That's what happened against Arkansas. That's what happened against LSU. That's what happened against Kentucky. It's the same thing every time. guys. If you haven't already, it's, it's time to pull the plug. So going forward for men's basketball, discussion is more about who is the head coach in 2022, 2023, more than anything else, for, for me anyway, Robbie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's starting to trend that well. It's been trending.
0: That uh, it's not starting, yeah. And, um, and look, give Nate Oates some credit here. As soon as he got thrown out of the game, I, I, and I brought this up in the group text, it took me back to last year. When Calipari got thrown out in the hump, his team was playing like crap. He could not get to, through to him, so he, he sacrificed himself. State was up nine with the ball when he got tossed when play resumed. And they ended up losing in overtime. I thought Oates was the same thing. His team wasn't playing the right way. The crowd wasn't in the game the right way. He wanted to get the refs to give him a little attention. He, he sacrifices himself. Sometimes, Robbie, that's good coaching. Sometimes that's the only ace you have left in the deck, and you got to play it. And he did, yeah.
1: and it went from there. State, State was definitely rattled after that, and the crowd got back into it. State got a couple of buckets right after that. Mm-hmm. To push the lead to seven. Alabama kind of settled back in, and State could not just stop it. It, it was very similar to the women um, on, on mm-hmm. Tuesday night, but the women just ran out of gas. They just had nothing left. This team just completely just fell apart. They didn't know what to do. They, right. And a lot of it was, I want to give Alabama credit, what they were doing on defense. They forced Cam Matthews and some of those guys to take bad shots. The shot, that, those are not the guys you want shooting three pointers.
0: Right. You know what that's Cam Matthews stepping the out there time. and shooting threes? That's Cam Matthews has got to know this isn't my shot. I got to find somebody. I've got to, I, I've got to know that. He's got to know that. Well, usually he does. I, I'll say that. I, I feel
1: like he's probably one of the – he has one of the higher basketball IQs on the team. I think Ben Hallen was say the same thing. I mean, he's, he is a smart not in player usually. But in that moment, I think you know, being on the road, I think he just kind of freaked out a little bit or something. But th- those are not good shots. I mean, I know DJ Jeffries hit a couple of jumpers, but that's not a guy that I really want firing up three-pointers either. I mean, I don't know who I want on this team to fire up three-pointers. I know they got hot in yeah. this game early in the, in the quarter, but they went on that six-for-six six stretch, mm-hmm. and they were 0-for-15 the rest of the ball game. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's something there, <laughs> They hit right? six
1: straight. They missed their first four. They hit six straight, and they missed 11 in a row. Yeah.
0: Brutal. I mean, this team cannot – I know they Think about three, Alabama. Not a Robbie, three-point shooting team. Robbie, Alabama's a three-point shooting team. That's, that's what Nate Oates wants to do. They shot twenty percent from back there tonight. They didn't shoot the ball well at all for tonight. But they, they shot not... horribly. They shot horribly against State the first time too. Yeah. But they shot better. They were plus twelve on the uh, the boards, and they forced uh, twenty one. I'm oh, sorry. I'm Only... oh, sorry. No, I was wrong about that. Only nine. Only nine turnovers. Or shit. I was looking at fouls. Yeah, State protected the ball well. Uh, this that... is, this is honestly one State let getaway. Yeah but that's the truth of about three or four games this season. So, Alabama
1: is in two games against state, 14 for 59 from three. They mm. fired up 29 in the first game and fired up 30 in this one. And there was a stretch there whenever the whenever state was struggling, Bama was coming down and firing up bricks too. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it just wasn't a pretty ball game during that stretch of the game. But state let it get out of the hand. I, I thought the game really, really turned. When they gave up the uh, offensive board to Davidson, J.D. Mm-hmm. Davidson got the board and the put back and the foul. That really, that really turned everybody up there, and that's that was kind of that guy. Had, he's a guard. He had ten rebounds.
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't I mean, realize Alabama's not been great shooting the three light this year. I guess and last year they were fantastic at. It. That's how they won a ton of yeah, games. Yeah, th-
1: this team's not nearly as good as shooting
0: three. Now, I mean I know they but lost, They're firing they, it up, buddy. They, they're, they're, yeah, they 734 threes. Does that lead the conference? It does, God. but only 31% shooting. So,
1: but that, that's kind of that's Nate Oatesian. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. High flying, you know, transition threes, firing up threes. They're getting rough, rough. get a game. lot of shots
0: per possession. Rough game for Mississippi State, rough month for Mississippi State. And now just trying to finish things out. And, and you know, the, the end of the Ben Halen era appears to be nigh. We'll see what happens in these uh, these final couple of games. All right, things to look forward to. Like I said, today's show live from Diddy Noble, so hopefully we have a lot of good stuff going on there. Plus, uh, also today, Richard Cross and I are going to sit down with John Cohen uh, for a long interview, probably you know forty five minutes to an hour or so. So we hope to get a lot of good information out of them. Yeah, you know, I saw that uh, Joel and Logan got that in. Yeah, <laughs> but we can. Allow it, them getting that interview allows us some 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 some, uh, some launching points. Talk about the renovation of the hump, possible renovation to Davis Wade Stadium, uh, and some other things that we want to get to his thoughts on. You know, NIL, uh, things like the transfer portal, all sorts of things. So, look do forward. Do you remember to that whenever? Do you remember whenever uh, Triple H brought out Plan B? Yes, that that's what's that's happened. That's what Joel to you. just did to you and I.
1: Uh, Mississippi State Media Relations.
0: Yeah. There's a
1: plan B. There's a plan B, and Joel
0: hit you in the back with, with a chair. chair. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Um, that, that interview is likely to air uh, Friday uh, because, you know, that sh- the show will be happening while the game is going on. But don't worry, we'll make it available on social media and at supertalk.fm so you can catch. You don't have to miss anything. So, guys, have a great Thursday. Try to stay safe. I know severe weather all over the state. Stay tuned to Supertalk for that. We'll have updates uh, as warranted. Uh, And then don't miss our show today, three o'clock. And then, of course, Friday is opening day. We finally made it. Have a good one, guys. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Supertalk Mississippi.